Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. All right. Well, you know, we're in that, that season and uh, of moving towards Easter. And uh, I, I think it's fascinating that we celebrate the death of a saviour. All right, that's what we celebrate. When we go into Easter, it's about the broken body of Jesus. It's about the blood that was shed. And I know this of being a believer for the last 30 years, there is power in the blood of Jesus. There is power in the blood. It's never lost its power. And, uh, and as we talk about that, I, I, I think whether a generation of young people understand why there's power in the blood. Why, why is there, when we sing the song about, sing the songs or talk about the blood of Jesus, why is it so powerful? Why did Jesus have to die to save us? So I'm going to go through that tonight as we get ready for Easter and we understand the celebration of why we, we celebrate our Savior, Jesus. I've called tonight's message, Blood from Heaven. Blood from Heaven. I don't know if it should have a G rating or an M rating. I'm not sure now. There's a lot of young kids in the room, but I, I think we'll be okay. Um, you know, I, blood is a, a strange and mysterious substance. Uh, how it affects us is incredibly complicated. Uh, the sight of blood can excite our basis eye. There's no doubt in a boxing match, somebody gets hit in the face, we go, Pro. yes. <laughs> or, or, or a group around a, a bullfighter, as the, as the bullfighter puts the sword in the back of the bull, the crowd goes crazy. There's this, this sense of something exciting is happening when blood is shed. But to our finer side, it repulses us. We know it means pain, tragedy, death. It triggers in us concern, fear, compassion. I remember being very young on a horse riding group and a girl fell off a horse and landed face first on a rock. And I remember turning her over and her head was split from here to here and the blood was pouring out over her face. I remember getting my belt and putting it around her forehead to hold the thing together until help could arrive. I was fine at the time, but as I thought about it later, I wasn't feeling so good. I find it fascinating how it affects us. A friend of mine was at the birth of his first child, and as he saw the baby appear, he just fainted. Just fainted. Boom. Gone. When um, Lee and I first started dating, uh, she was working at the blood bank. She was uh, a nurse there at the blood bank, and, uh, and I thought being the new guy, I should go down and give some blood, you know. So I go down there, and she's there, and she's telling all her friends, my new boyfriend, Mark, and I get the needle in and the whole thing, and I'm giving blood, and we're talking and chatting, and everybody's smiling and giggling and all that sort of thing. Anyway, we're about three quarters of the way through, and Lee, for some reason, decides to show me how, how much blood I'd given. So she picks up the bag of blood and says, look, look how much you've given. And that's the last thing I remember. Um, so I lost all my coolness to all of her friends in a few seconds. And, uh, and I remember waking up to some scones or coffee or tea or something. It's a strange thing how it affects us. And the truth is we are totally reliant on it. Without it, we can't live. Why? Because blood carries life. Blood is not life but it carries life. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 17, verses 11, it says this, for, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Then to verse 14, 
For it is the life of all flesh. Its blood sustains its life. Therefore I said to the children of Israel, you shall not eat the blood of any flesh. For the life of all flesh is in its blood. Whoever eats it shall be cut off. And I think that what they're getting across here is it's very, very clear that to even the most uncivilized generations back in the day understood there was life in the blood. Here we've got the, uh, the Jewish people recognizing that, that all life is carried by blood. But there are other ancient civilizations that used to drink the blood of the animals they killed because they had a basic understanding that there was life in the blood and that they, they drank the blood of the lion or the bear. They thought somehow it would give them the life of the lion or the bear. There were some other cultures that would drink the blood of their enemy. After they slaughtered a very powerful enemy, they would drink their blood just because they felt their life was in the blood and if they drank that blood, they would carry that life. The whole concept of vampires. I have come to drink your blood. I am called Dracula. The whole concept of that is they drink blood because life is carried in the blood. And once we understand that, we start to realize how powerful blood is. As a matter of fact, back in the day, God got some some minerals and he put them together and he breathed upon them. And and life, this bunch of chemicals and, and ground turned into Adam. His breath initiated a blood flow. And to this very day, we breathe in oxygen to keep our blood flowing, to keep us alive. But God's breath wasn't just natural life, it was spiritual as well. So our blood is not just natural, not just carry natural life, it carries spiritual life as well. The contact between the divine and the human resides in the blood. Blood is the agent of natural life and spiritual life. Scientists and doctors know much about blood, except how it provides life. Why? Because it's beyond science, it's beyond chemicals, it's to do with the spirit that comes from God. Even in cloning, they can recreate life, but they can't create life. Because the life comes from the breath of God through the blood. So it's a supernatural substance. And I, and I, I, I think of it how it affects us naturally. But the Bible says this, and this is where we're getting to tonight, that Jesus comes and he dies on a cross and he sheds his blood for us. And I, you've got a sort of an, a rational thinking, go, well, why did he have to die? Why did he have to shed blood? Why was it on a cross? Imagine how, the, how different would things be if Jesus had died by hanging. You'd all have very different ornaments hanging around your neck, like nooses. Or what if he died of lethal injection? Have a tattoo of a hypodermic needle on your arm. So there's going to ask the question of why the cross and, and why was the outpouring or the shed blood of Jesus so important to humankind and the changes that it would bring. All this pain, all this tragedy, we celebrate the tragedy of Easter. Couldn't God rescue us another way? Well, it seems no other way was possible. Our dilemma so bad, God had to give all to redeem us. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22 says this, And according to the law itself, they're purified with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Without the shedding of blood, things cannot change. So let's back up a little bit. Let's start from the beginning. Um, God defines and makes mankind. Can we say mankind anymore? Is that still... (laughs) Maybe we should go to humankind. No, we can't say human because that has the word man in it. Human. Oh, maybe we should go to the word person. 
Now, we can't use person kind because that has the word son in it, per son. So I think God's just going to call us you all. Just you all, all right? You all. Uh, I mean, that's how crazy our world is right now. But but let's back up. I mean, Adam and mankind turned their back on God. And the reason we have such a mess on our planet is creation, humankind, or you all, have decided we don't need God to do life. We can do this without you. Thank you very much, but we're good. And look at the mess we have. So now we've got a mess on our hands that we can't fix as created beings. Something's got to take place to change us, to help us. You, you look at the world now where it's full of violence and anger, sickness, of course, pandemics, disease, selfishness, pride. It goes on and on and on. The largest industries on the planet besides tech industries are drugs, human trafficking, pornography, arms and munitions. That's the state of our economic world. I did not mention in that group greeting cards and flowers. There is something substantially wrong with humankind. And even though people don't intend to be bad, they are driven that way by the spirit world. And what we live in now is a world run by the spirit world that's bringing terrible things upon our world. The world needs help. Some desperately hoping aliens will turn up. Too late. He's been in God. Our out-of-world visitor came 2,000 years ago. His name's Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. Our answer has come, and it's in his blood. The answer has come, and it's in his blood. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. We have redemption through his blood. Now, this is where it gets interesting. You see, if blood carries life, then human blood carries human life. Makes sense, doesn't it? If dog blood carries dog life, human blood carries human life, then God blood carries God life. God blood carries God life. So our answers to our dilemma are not found in human endeavor. We are unable to fix ourselves, but our creator is well able and moved by his great love towards us. He intervenes and sends Jesus. Now I want you to see the context of Jesus. We know that Jesus... His mother, Mary, was an unmarried virgin at the time. We know that. The Bible records it. They, the place is dysfunctional. It's in a bad place. The mother is a, a young person now, uh, but, but human at that context. But now we've got the Father, who is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit somehow anoints Mary to bring forth a child. That child would be Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So we've got human and divine meeting in the, entity, in the entity of Mary. A fascinating mystery right there. Did you know that the blood you carry in your veins is not determined by your mother or your father, it's determined by your mother or father who has the most dominant blood group going through their veins. So what happens here is that we get the blood of Mary mixed with the blood of God, and now we've got this, con- and I'm confident that God's blood is the dominant strain here. And so we've got Jesus being born as a human, but lying with inside him is not blood from just earth, it's blood from heaven. So now we start to get a, oh, maybe that's why there's power in the blood. Maybe that's why we can sing the song, there's 
wonder-working power. I'm not going to sing it. Wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Who remembers that song? Come on. Maybe, maybe, maybe we can see why that, 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 that this blood was so powerful because it wasn't the blood of man, it was the blood of God. So we've got Jesus now, the vessel, carrying this heavenly treasure. Animals or man's blood are not going to fix anything. It's tainted and powerless. But shedding God's blood, carrying God life, carrying God life, can change anything and can change absolutely everything. The shedding of not man's blood, but the shedding of God's blood carries the power to bring healing. It's in Jesus. It's in him. This, this blood from the heavenlies is in Jesus. So the point is not keeping it in Jesus. The point now is getting it out of Jesus. It has to come from the heavenlies to the earthly domain. So Jesus has to be pierced or broken or nails go into his skin or, swords go, or spears go into his side, crowns of thorns put on his head, nails into his feet. Why? Because the blood of God had to be released into the earthly domain. And that's why that blood was so important to be put in Jesus. And that's why Jesus was or died a certain way, that he had to be pierced. As a matter of fact, the Bible goes on to say that by the end of his crucifixion, they, they, they uh, put a spear in his side and there was no blood or water left inside of him. All the blood that was inside of Jesus was released into the human domain. And it carried the power to do some incredible, incredible things. Look at Matthew chapter 27. I, I, as I said that, um, I'll get to that in a second, so leave it up. But um, I just remember uh, our pastor, Brian Mulherin, speaking on the blood a few years back. And he was sharing about the blood of Jesus. And months before, months before, we'd had a, a party in church. And there was all these helium balloons that were floating around the, you know, the ceiling for you know, weeks and weeks at a time. But they'd all disappeared. They were all gone. There was none left. And I remember G P um, Brian standing behind, talking about the blood of And as he started to talk about the blood of Jesus, a red balloon <laughs> dropped down behind him like a drop of blood coming from heaven. It wasn't a yellow balloon. It wasn't a green balloon. It was a red balloon right at that moment, months later, talking about the blood. There's power. In there's, there's power. There's wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Matthew 27. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, and he yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection... They went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, truly, this is the Son of God. See the picture right now. This is why we celebrate Easter. We've got the Savior nailed to a cross, the blood that was pouring out of his hands and trickling down his body, running across his feet. Every time it hit the ground, something supernatural happened. The Bible declares that the sun goes black. 
It, it declares that earthquakes start to happen. Every time the drop of Jesus' blood or the blood from heaven hit the human domain, miracles started to take place. Rocks started to split. In the temple, kilometers away, the curtain that held the holiest of holies was ripped from not bottom to top, but from top to bottom, as God saying, new days are ahead. We see the dead start to come out of the graves. That blood got so deep into the earth, it started to bring life to dead bodies. That's how powerful the blood of Jesus is. It can bring life to dead bodies. It started to stand up and walk around the city. The centurions who crucified people all day and night were so blown away by this power, this effect, they had tears on their cheeks and repented and said, truly, he is the Son of God. I, I, I think of the, the moments in history now that, that could never change humanity any greater way than the blood of Jesus being lifted from his body, being thrown into the earth itself. You see, there's incredible power in the blood of Jesus. So when we sing this song about, or a song about the blood of Jesus, understand that there's power in the blood because it's not human blood, it's the blood of God. The blood release brings peace, power, love, healing, hope, deliverance. It's the very DNA of heaven and it's been released into our domain. God life being poured out over and over the world. Jesus was the vessel. He had to be broken to release heaven's treasure upon us. The very blood of God. The very blood of God. New life, salvation, victory over death. Everything had changed. Man now had access to his creator and heaven's power and love had access to his creation. Jesus himself said, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. So today, when we talk about the blood, when we sing a song that talks about the blood, understand that that's why we know the blood of God has its power because it comes from heaven. Jesus had to be released. He had to die. We celebrate a martyred man. Why? Not because of his death, but so much that he was the vessel carrying the very life-giving blood from heaven that would save humanity. This blood is, even though it's, even though it's precious, it's not scarce. There's enough of Jesus' blood for everybody to save us, to heal us, to set us free. His, his blood was given that we'd bring new life to humankind. Would you accept his name tonight? Would you accept his power? Would you be saved by his blood tonight? Yeah. You see, Jesus is our answer. It's all been done. History records the miracle of Easter, the death, the showing of great, God's great love for, for people, and the resurrection, God's showing his great power to people. And right now we stand at a time where we can stand, boldly say, the blood of Jesus has never lost its power. The blood of Jesus has come to save you, to heal you, to set you free tonight. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.